0: Hello and welcome to the Strength to Be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. In our fourth year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. I'm your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. And this is episode 253, What is a Writer? Now, it's probably going to be one of the more deeper shows, or probably one of the more shows that has a lot more layers to it than I've been normally doing, because there's many sections to this, and there's a lot to talk about, about what it is to be a a writer. Alright, so... Let's go on to the the first one. Uh, The first section here would be the artist. Now, I've been convinced because I've given this a a lot of thought. And and by the way, you know, um, I'm not going to have a lot of far out theories here. Okay, just a lot of a lot of my own feelings about what it is to be a writer. You know, past, present, and you know, and otherwise. I don't think anything's going to be too controversial. But uh, we're going to be talking about the writing of the creative writing, the literary writing, okay? I got nothing against people who write, you know, an article for a newspaper or they write a a mechanical story, uh, you know, for popular mechanics or something, but that's not the kind of writing we're talking about because that one is more of a contracted profession. It's not the same as when you're a writer and you're a creative or you're a literary writer because in many ways and I'm sure many of you can relate to this, you know, you're an outsider. You've been put to the outside by the world, by your family, by, hell, even the institutions that you might admire. Because since the beginning of writing, folks have never really understood what it is that drives a person. Sometimes they, uh, you know, they mock it with... Uh, you know, they're half crazy or, you know, they must be on the influence of something or, you know, um, they're really r- hippie and wild out there. Uh, all, all these, all these strange terms for something they don't really understand. And quite frankly, I don't know at the end of this show I'm going to be doing enough <laughs> in terms of trying to explain what it is a writer that will make anyone understand. I think many cases the people who listen to the shows that are writers will probably appreciate a lot of this because they'll see a lot that they uh, can relate to that they understand you know they'll they'll, they'll high-fi I mean I might be a little bit off track now and then just because some things are just my own opinions but nevertheless I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure a, a show like this is, is for the is for the uh, person outside of creative writing. <laughs> I mean, we're supposed to be the outsider, but you know, in many ways, for this show and this topic, uh, those who are not writing are the outsider, in my opinion. So um, it might not give them a full explanation. I don't even know if a full explanation is possible, but I'm certainly going to give it every shot here. Okay. All right. So the first. I guess you could say level that we're going to be talking about is the artist. Now, since the beginning of when there has been writing, there's been people who have been artistic in their writing in the sense that they're creating art because they are accessing their imagination and maybe in many ways helping you access your imagination. That's part of what writing is supposed to be about that we exist as writers to access our imagination so that we can help you access yours that's one of many of the definitions we're going to talk about about what is a writer on this show if you haven't given that any thought before it is something to think about and i'm hoping that a lot of what i have to say will be things for you to think about because i've done this quite a long time now and I've had a lot to think about and a lot that I've written about it. I've written a lot about writing as a writer even. Just because I wanted to get my own my own thoughts out there and, and add to the uh, you know, to the catalogue of everything that's that's writing so that maybe we can get to some kind of a understanding about what we do, what we access, what we're trying to get to, how it affects those who read it, you know, and etc. I don't think and I really don't. I, I really don't think that um, being called an artist or calling yourself an artist, you know, is is some kind of arrogant term. It's some kind of elitist, you know, terminology. It's some highfalutin thing that, you know, he's an artist. No. You do it long enough. You spend the time accessing your own imagination and your thoughts and your feelings and your muse or your dreams and all the things that 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 moved you in the direction of doing something creative yeah you you are and in many instances attempting to create a piece of art now i say attempting not in a humorous way or even in a condescending way i just say that in the sense that we all know that you know you could write ten things and um, maybe only two of them are really worth anything. You know, and all the other stuff is just, you know, junk that was in your mind that uh, didn't work out. Or maybe it could be parts of something else that you can build in the future. You, you save those notes, etc. But that's what I mean by that. Just like they say a doctor is practicing his medicine and a lawyer is practicing law. You know, in many ways writers are practicing their writing. It's not always going to take. And that's fine because it's not always supposed to be. It's one of the unfortunate pressures that writers, as artists, put on themselves. They shouldn't. It's how you um, bring about increased chances of, of of a writer's block, of any kind of onset of depression, any kind of melancholy, uh, depending on what. I guess what age you've lived in uh, about what word you want to use it, but it's all the same. The blues, melancholy, depression, all of that stuff. It's all the same. That's what it is. You know? You ever listen to the blues? It's literally a musical form of being depressed. Oh, I live in a shack. Oh, I live by the river. Oh, I'm really thirsty. Oh, my wife hates me. Oh, my dog died. You know, it, that's, that's what it is. And I'm not making fun of it, but that's what it is. It's about putting into an artistic form, in this case a musical type of form, a piece of art based on you know you being sad about something. Don't feel the world is going your way. Don't feel the world understands you. Sometimes feel the world is against you. And I can imagine as a, a black guy doing all that in, in, in the times that a lot of that music came out, uh, you're, you're not really very far from the truth. So it kind of makes sense. So I find that it is definitely, from the way I look at things, very important to consider that what you're doing, because in the manner that you're doing it, is an attempt to get to something artistic, and it's going to happen. You 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 know it. You're gonna you're gonna look through, let's say you're doing some uh, some poetry because you're a poet. I mean, you're gonna look through thirty or forty poems that you feel. Really, what you want them to be, and in truth, maybe only a handful of them are are, are gonna um, really stick with somebody or really gonna make the connection that we're supposed to try to make. Because I've talked about on the show, I don't know, endless times here, I use that term a lot to make a connection because it's really your duty as a writer, and when you do make that connection, it's how art is being established. Because without it, it's just words on a page jumbled up. And me as editor-in-chief of you know, Aerial Chart, remember, I get to see lots of this on a regular basis. Literally thousands of poems every year. So I know the difference in a moment, moment's glance of something, whether this person is... Uh, Seriously, attempting to do something, or this person just jumbled up some stuff, you know, hope it's going to do well. Obviously, I always counsel against something like that because it really is a waste of your time and, and effort if you're not taking this serious. And, and that's really what an artist is not just a person who's putting in the time and the effort, digging through their soul their notes, their attic, <laughs> you know, mean, their psychological basement to uh, to gain uh, some access to something that they, they want to reveal. Uh, it's also about, through all of that even, still trying to make a connection when someone's reading it, that they can get what you're saying. And what you're saying has to be something that's, that's going to move them. I see a lot of work as an editor I, I don't mean just poetry either i mean it, it could be fiction non-fiction you know all of that where even when the work is technically sound it doesn't make a connection because it's too self-conscious about grammar and and punctuation and 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 giving me a, a concise explanation this is a difficult world that we live in. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, unlike everybody else that wanted to makes this dramatic about COVID this and, and Trump that and, and, and all this other, uh, I feel, nonsense, it, it's not any more dramatic or undramatic than 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Everybody in their age has had something to point to to say about how, how rough it is. Yet... We still, in this year, 2022, we still live now on a planet that has the least amount of war, the least amount of slavery, the most prosperity, the most food resources, the most medical care that we've ever had in the history of the planet. I don't know why, but somehow we seem to forget that. I guess it's easier to dwell on all the negative stuff. And as writers... We need some of that negative stuff to help us figure out what the kind of work we want to do and the things we want to say. And that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't criticize that. But don't forget about all the other positive things that are going on. Because that's what happens when you concentrate all this junk that's, that some news media just put out for you. You get to forget that there are people out there that can use a smile. They can use a gift. They can they can use some help or even a, a a kind word. That people out there all day long, not trying to get a camera spot on them, doing things to help other people, doing it discreetly, doing it humanely, doing it from their heart, doing it with the with the expectation that um, that's how they better the world. And unfortunately, I don't know. I so, too many times those those folks get overlooked. We don't talk about those people enough because we're too busy about, you know, this person with this half a dress on or this person saying some dirty word or this person, you know, say some political nonsense that, you know, like toilet paper, it's good for a moment and then, you know, you flush it and you don't even remember it anymore. That's what most politics, unfortunately, have become. But good writing which becomes good art, makes the connection, travels across wherever it is. In the world now, because of the, the technology we have, you can literally touch somebody's heart, make them think, make them get motivated by something from something you wrote. Because that is not only your job as a writer or as an artist, but you're also doing something that a lot of people are not doing anymore, even in the creative realm. There's there's not a lot of movies they've been out there that are written that really reach people. A lot of explosions and weird people with with costumes on, and you know um, the uh, the illusion of diversity, but no one's ever talking about anybody else's culture. It's just a, a symbol to make somebody feel good. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Is that reaching really anybody? Not really. Are they saying anything? Doubtful. Unless it's um, something about a a building falling down or shooting somebody or something like that. So every time you do something like a poem that reaches somebody or or an essay that really enlightens somebody or a piece of fiction that just, just wows somebody, you're already doing more than all of Hollywood has done combined on a regular basis. It is that bleak in that drift of imagination it's just it's just that bad it really is it's and it's incredibly ironic because we're now in an age where there are more venues for this type of programming than there's ever been thousands of channels all kinds of streaming everything everything has changed i mean there's not i mean when was the last time you used a a compact display to put a movie in it it's it's already becoming a, a relic that's going to be in a museum you don't even have to go to movie theater anymore which is probably going to be a dying art form in itself and, and to tell you the truth I, I'm not really wishing it one way or the other I like the experience I can live without the experience so it, it doesn't really matter to me it just if they, if they want it to die I guess they're going to let it die from poor writing and, and, and poor imagination or movies that literally sound just as political as the news and just as political as somebody out there from Congress or, or, or from the Senate or something. It almost sounds the same. What's the point? I should be getting a different viewpoint. I should be getting something that's going to reach me. Not the, not the same junk that you could just you know read on somebody's agenda. That's what you can do as an artist. More than that. And I'm sorry to say, it's not that difficult to do. Because, you know, someone told me one time, not to praise myself, I'm just giving you an honest example. Walk, that was a really decent thing to do. And, I mean, all I could say is, without trying to be falsely humble, I'm like, I don't know, it should be the normal thing to do to help somebody. And it shouldn't have to be some spectacular thing that someone's pointing to. I don't want to sound cynical or negative, but quite frankly, if something small to help somebody is really that big, then I don't know, the world is even worse than I think it is, because it should be standard, we should be doing things, because if we're willing to complain about how the world is bad, well, the moment you make that complaint, you should be figuring out what you're going to do to make it better. Oh, the world's so big and I'm so small. Well, there you go. I guess the world's going to say junky and stupid then because if that's going to be your thinking, and I don't know how you're going to be a writer or an artist or anything else because we should be able to look at it all and not be intimidated. Actually, not even be too impressed. We should be more focused on what we can communicate because we have a different viewpoint. A viewpoint that's not easily going to be found on some cable news show or some silly politician or some dumb superhero. Those are the things that are happening in the world right now. Those are the things we could be talking about as writers, as artists. And I hope that we're going to continue to try to do that. I've seen some... You know some. I guess you could say some some paths towards that from some of the writing I'm seeing. I'm always happy about that, but I like to see more. I'm not in the same artistic philosophy as Martin Scorsese when he says you know that he doesn't believe that um, acting is really occurring in these superhero movies and that that now really art. I, I don't go that far. Because I, I think he's wrong about that. It's it's a new way of, of doing art. And if people want this, then they, they have every right to check it out and have fun with it. I don't have a problem with that. Keep making them. Make it 100 a year. I don't really care. But let's not spend too much time thinking that it is some form of high art. Because it's not. It is a lot of... A lot of special effects and a lot of technology. You know, a lot of comic book ideas. I mean, there isn't a whole lot of depth to it, like most of these things are. You know? And and some people, uh, they say, um, I really wish that we had more of those things in the real world. Well, I'm glad that it is a Hollywood thing and not in the real world. I don't want those superheroes in the real world. Because if we had those people in the real world... We wouldn't have much of a world left. What's the whole point of of spending all your time praising Captain America when the heroes should be your parents? Hell, should be artistic, creative people. Should be people like Einstein and Newton. Should be people like that. People that have done things that are interesting and creative and they have changed the world. Those are heroes. these vigilantes that we continue to praise, well, to me, it's not very artistic. I don't agree with Scorsese that, you know, this this has no merit because that's, of course, just as silly and almost sounds defensive. Uh, more people are going to see um, that movie than the typical gangster movie that, that Scorsese makes. Well, it's an unusual comment to, to make because, you know, yeah, there's great acting in those kind of movies, but again, you, know, you got people punching each other, shooting each other, killing each other. I don't know. It doesn't sound too much different than an action movie, only in the sense that, you know, in Scorsese's movies, there are zero heroes because they're all freaking criminals. So it's a, a really strange irony. It really is. But let's find out there the truths that we can talk about and put in there. It's, it's some of the stuff that I, that I publish, especially in Ariel Short, that I read, that I admire, that I appreciate, Or people are willing to go beyond the, the, the normal superficial nonsense that we see out there. They're willing to talk about something that has some depth, that has some real truth to it, that has a, you know, an emotional, uh, uh, emotional I, I think, ignition that you can feel is authentic something that's genuine cause we don't get a lot of that authentic genuine stuff even when the emotion comes out of a movie more times than not it's contrived to the point where you're being manipulated I mean if you got to manipulate somebody for that then obviously there's nothing genuine about it okay director let's let's film the part when we make them cry I mean not very human in my opinion So we don't want to be going in that direction. We need to be able to have things that are authentic. And I see that a lot in writing, and I want to always encourage that more and more because that's what makes us artists, and that's what makes us writers. All right, the next level or the next topic within this, what is a writer, is the state of mind. Now, as you probably can imagine from the dawn of when there was writers, People felt that writers were apart from folks; that they were living in another plane of existence. You know, um, in some cases, um, there were days in the ancient past where you know you could be accused of uh, you know sorcery, or witchcraft, devil casting, and all this other stuff. That's because you're a writer. In the more modern era, I mean, some writing uh, can really um, be destructive. The things that, you know, Goebbels uh, said uh, about, about Jews, about the, how the country of Germany was under attack and it had to do all these terrible things that's writing but sure it's it's evil and destructive so it could be used in that fashion and you got some brave people that you know if they wrote against that sort of stuff they could be tracked down and killed now more than ever if you live in places like uh, like North Korea just writing a Bible verse down could be considered a an act of treason against the state. Because your leader is supposed to be your God and there is no other God beyond that. And the Bible is subversive material. I know, that's, it's pretty incredible. Right now, and I talked about this a few times, but right now, another journalist murdered in, in Mexico. I mean, there's literally dozens killed every year. People trying to bring attention of how destructive these cartels are to that to that country, and how they have embedded themselves in, in many of the law enforcement, the political organizations, the the judicial system, the police, etc., etc. Because of the amount of money that they can generate, and the amount of violence they're able to, you know, to perpetrate out there. So just writing about them, you literally to be putting your own life in your own hands. That's when you know that writing is powerful. When when that sort of stuff can happen, because you're speaking you're speaking the truth that needs to be told. And and I'm not saying that it's not important to do because it is. But unfortunately, in situations like that, in Mexico and other places, while writing might continue to keep people's thoughts on what's going on, that's really all it could do. Because in the end, people have to be able to take action, you know, and go. And that really hasn't happened in places like Mexico. You don't see it happen much in history, where enough people get together and say, "Well, this is enough of this nonsense. This has got to stop." You're you're not helping the country. You're not helping the people. You just you're just poisoning others and, and and killing us. It's not worth it. Whatever funds you think you're bringing into the community, for all the all the all the horror and torture and, and death that we have to go through. That's when those things really, you know, stop when they come to a head. Till then, you know, people will look the other way. We have a lot of that here in, in America, as well, in the sense that many people, even people in 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 the, in the higher education realm, don't don't view writing as anything that's, that's practical or useful. They, they almost like you, almost like uh, an educated drug user or something, because <laughs> you're a writer, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of smart, but he's out there, you know. And that's one of the nicer things you might hear. To me, that's not even nice in any way, but still, because um, it's always been linked in one uh, one matter or another to um, you know depression and. Divorce and dysfunction, and drugs, L, L, all the words that start with a D, I think. <laughs> and why is that? Well, I think the main reason for that is because centuries ago, the only time people really got to think about or access imagination was true religion that was really the only way religion was the main element to help people outside of themselves try to make some sense of the world the cosmos you know okay god makes the rain the rain comes down the crops grow we get to eat and nobody dies you know that sort of thing when art came along in many ways art became another vehicle to access the imagination, and to this day, it's not a coincidence, folks, that um, art is a lot of times under attack by religion because it, it doesn't want that kind of competitive voice. It doesn't want another another way to imagination. It still wants to be the only way for you to have that an, any imagination is through, you know, whatever religion says and going to church. You'll find uh, political systems. Uh, especially uh, communism, fascism, Nazism even some more forms of uh, nationalism don't like art when prison writers kill them even because they want their thoughts about how the social order should be to access your imagination so you can think about that they don't want the art coming in and speaking something else What freedom? No, freedom is crazy You don't want freedom. Remember, we do take that for granted. We need freedom. And I'm not talking about this as an American, but we need freedom as humans if we're going to be able to create art and and try to get it out there. So when you live in an environment that's trying to take that away, well, it's very difficult to do because the more you allow that to happen, the more your chances are it's going to be difficult for you to write anything. And if you do, you you could be taking a chance on... You know, damaging uh, your livelihood or your life. <laughs> you know, your your family, etc. I think we take that freedom for granted. Often. Which is not the same thing to do when you're you know, doing something like a writing. Getting some thoughts out, getting some ideas out. And then, you know, people don't like that. Why is that? Well, because when you're writing, you're thinking on your own. That's really what writing is supposed to be about. And uh, you know, on this show, I've criticized before, and I'll certainly criticize now and again. You know that writing about what's going on right now uh, sounds like you're no different than a political party or or a stupid uh, news commercial or whatever a a, a nonsensical thing a politician just said like two days ago, you're not really writing. You're just parroting whatever the hell someone else says. Don't even waste your time calling yourself a writer in that instance. You're supposed to be able to go through that and say, I don't know. No, that's baloney. You're supposed to have your own thoughts. Remember, we just came out of a, a, a COVID thing, and there's probably still some people out there listening to this now, you know, that... They think it's controversial if you question, you know, vaccinations. I don't know what happened to freedom here. Hmm? What happened to writing? I know people, they didn't even want to write about that. Oh, no, it's, it's too controversial. If you understand the facts, which are not hard to understand... And you you can easily put together what the truth is, well, there you go. There's nothing wrong for anyone questioning that. I got them anyway, because I thought it was my moral responsibility uh, for my own health and for that of my family. But I don't have any problem with people questioning them or not even wanting to get them. Because, quite frankly, unlike other vaccinations that we've had the last 50 years, those things have been rigorously tested. You know the stuff that we got in the last couple of years, very very low amount of, of testing. We don't know what the true long-term effects on the, for, the, for these are. We don't know. A couple of years for now we all could be starting to have illnesses and dying from it. It's not a joke. I don't see that as a conspiracy theory because if anyone knows listening to the show, I, I only really described any of that kind of nonsense. I think all conspiracy theories are stupid. I really do. But it was a fair assessment at the time, and it still is. It's always a dangerous thing. At any time in history, in any country, in any government, if they're trying to mandate something to you, and you don't want it because you believe you're a free individual and you should be able to make your own mind and in your choices, and then they're spending half the time trying to guilt you or harm you or, or in some cases fire you, because you don't want to take something. Which, as we already know now, is proven to be not that effective. We'll probably see more writing out of that now that people feel a little more comfortable about that situation, but you were not seeing seen a whole lot of that then. And I, I have a distinct memory. So I remember them saying, and, and if you want to be honest with yourself and not be political about it, Saying 90 95%, you're good to go once you get this, you know. Not even six months later, oh, it's down to 50. Now you need another one, and then you need another one, and then you need another one. It's wonderful. This went from, you know, you're, you're almost 100% good to go to we're not sure to, you know, people are getting sick and dying anyway. But, um, I'm looking at the pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know, um balance sheet and and it's in the billions and the billions and billions of dollars. Oh, great. I don't really blame them that much because, hey, let's do a job to make it. And, you know, if they get the government to um, do what it did, which was, you know, sign off that you can't sue them, you know, they're good for years to come (laughs) when people do get sick or something does happen, so. That's a, a perfect example of something happening in the world that you didn't see a lot of people write about it. And when they did write about it, they were, they were ostracized. People lost friendships, lost jobs. Social media turned them out to be demons, called them disinformation people, all this other nonsense. Because, why? As thinkers, as creators, as artists, as writers, you know, they had questions about this. That's what we're supposed to be doing as free-thinking people. Do we want the freedom that we have in America or the, what we're supposed to have in the world, or do we not? Hmm? That's what I like to know. Because if we don't, then let's not claim all this freedom is wonderful stuff. Because remember, you don't have a lot of room there. Either you want the freedom, which means you get to think for yourself, you take responsibility for your own actions and your own, and your own, your own thoughts, Or you let somebody else do that for you. And then that's not freedom anymore. I don't want this to sound strange, but somebody asked me the other day, I don't understand why Russia continues to have these issues. I go, well, I'm sorry to say, but Russia hasn't changed for for 100 years. It's the same Russia, okay? It has a core population of people that in the end, they constantly believe that some new... Government or administration, I don't care if it's Putin or the communists or whatever, the royal family, whatever, in the last hundred years, okay, can give them something and they don't have to think for themselves. They don't have to get much for themselves. They desperately so much want security that they're willing to give anything up for it. And once they do that, well, guess what? Then no their targets are that government. Then that government's going on and taking other governments over and starting wars. And then they're sending their children off to some place that they shouldn't have to go to. Why? Because they want some guaranteed food on the table. They want to have a check coming in the mail. You know, they want that factory job no matter what the hell's going on. It's not just Russia that acts that way, there's other countries too, but it's a perfect example of that, though. You can clearly see it, it's not too difficult to understand. And it's not a coincidence, if you know anything about Russian literature, why some of the greatest writers in in the history of mankind come from Russia. Why do they? Well, because every one of these writers were free-thinking individuals, were people that took the chances that something could happen to them. In many cases, it did. But they questioned the order of things. They mocked what was going on. They said, what the hell are you people thinking? Don't you know what's going to happen next? That's what writers do. That's what artists do. And it's just some, it's just a, it's a horrible irony that you know um, some of the worst things uh, in terms of decisions and, and, and all that coming out of Russia in the last hundred years has also produced some of the greatest writers. I know it, it's it's pretty darn sad. But there is so much for us to, to write and to think about. And there's so much for us to to try to help people overcome or even overcome in ourselves with writing. Because writing, and I, I mentioned this before, it can be a form of therapy. A form of therapy for yourself. And maybe even if you make a connection with somebody else, a, a form of therapy for someone else. You're not going to hear too many people you know, in sincerity... Say, man, that that, that card from Hallmark, I'm I'm just gonna remember that forever. No, they're not. You know, it's a cute little thing at the moment, maybe a little joke or something, and that's it, and it goes in the garbage with, you know, the broccoli you want you wouldn't eat from last night and the cat throw up from the day before. That's about where that goes. But good writing. Writing that brings about the truth, writing that Hits the nerve it needs to hit. That remains with people. They remember that in the back of their minds. Because that's your job. Your job is to be. The creative journalist. When journalism often fails. And your job is to be the. You know. The point of conscience sometimes when. When religion can fail, and sometimes you, you're the person that just helps people gain some common sense when when they fail to 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 uh, to grasp it or, or to to achieve it, it's something that continues to lack, especially in my country, America, and it, it's embarrassing and disappointing that you know, as we're all having these political wars back and forth, we seem to lose common sense. We seem to lose the the notion of of being practical about things. You know, if you're practical about most things that you say and think and do in life, you're going to find that you don't have a great need for politics and that you'll take religion as it should be taken. Something that... You can use internally on a private, personal basis to maybe connection to some God out there or some some spirit world, and, and that's fine, and that's it. It's not really something that you need to bring to your neighbor. Because, quite frankly, the moment somebody gives me a religious thought from their neighbor, I'm really I'm not taking it seriously. Because I'm like, if this is so special, why are you willing to share it with me? If this is so intense... Why can I get anything from it anyway? Because maybe it's something that's personalized just for you because of what you've done, what you put into it. So what am I supposed to be getting out of that? Those are the questions I would ask. Those are the questions that if most people asked in common sense and in, in basic skeptical, and I don't mean being disrespectful. I don't mean being just some, you know, some atheist. I, I mean just common sense questions. You'd have have people more resistant to cults. You'd have people more resistant to when a religion goes to an extreme. Because they would ask a couple questions. I'm like, really? Seemed like an okay person to me, but you said God just told you that you need to shoot them? I mean, come on. It's not too difficult to do this. But we don't have too much of that these days. And it's, it's a sad thing. We, we've seen it right now with, with social media, and you know what's going on, and it's not hard to encapsulate what's going on. Basically, um, our Constitution doesn't allow the government to, to restrict freedom of speech. Nobody, I mentioned this before to somebody, and I'll mention this here on the show, nobody ex- nobody expected when the um, last hundred years, uh, both uh, Huxley and in Brave New World or Orwell in 1984, none of them expected that a power to restrict people, to even try to help to control them, would be able to come from a corporation in the private sector. They just never expected that would be possible. Because in the day they lived in, there was no such countries, that could, there was no companies that could do something like that. So they, of course, figured that the only way this could come about Huxley in Brave New World where it pretty much uh, mandated that people um, had to be born in a job and didn't have any more freedom of thought and to distract them and to keep that system going, you give them a drug all the time and let them have sex. So they have constant entertainment and, and, and sex and they don't have to worry about anything else. Where Orwell is the other way around. They restrict people from having sex and put them in a constant war with other continents on the planet. And that distracted them from the fact that they didn't really have much of a life or a freedom at all. They were constantly on the move, constantly worrying about someone's looking after them, the government's looking after them and listening to them and everything else. That's what those writers were thinking that we were in danger of. They never realized that the microization and in technology, whether it be tiny cameras someplace or microphones or drones, that they could be used and your freedom and your privacy could be invaded by your neighbor using equipment. That a social media platform could literally just restrict the information that's put out there so that people don't get the full story anymore. And if you do that along with a conjunction of, of a social, uh, a regular media that is more one sided than, than, not, well, you, you have a formula right there where if a government wants to work with that, they get around the Constitution. They get the restrictions they, they want, but they can claim, hey, that didn't come from us. So you have to go talk to Twitter. You got to go talk to Facebook. You got to go talk to LinkedIn and all this, all this, all these platforms. And, and they'll and they'll tell you right away hey i'm a private company i can do what the hell i want to do well, i'm not under the constitution the constitution is about you can't restrict freedom of speech from the government it doesn't say anything about no company and, and believe it or not legally they're correct in that regard they there isn't there isn't any real control over them maybe Congress might eventually grow a brain and try to do something about that but you know until then there isn't a whole lot you can do about that at all it's no different than a restaurant. If a restaurant is willing to to weather the bad the bad media and the bad publicity, they could literally say to somebody with a sign outside, you know, I only want men to eat here. I don't want women to be here. Or I only want people who are who are Italian and Irish to eat here. But if you're you know if you're Polish and and uh, Albanian, you can't eat here. They could do that. You know, there's no rule against that. Not encouraging, of course, that, but nevertheless, again, the only way you could stop somebody from doing something like that is if they receive public funds. Then that's considered discrimination, and then you can, you can address that in court for a remedy. But, you know, a private company, a private restaurant, somebody doesn't get all those, well, guess what? They don't have to. Don't have to at all. But that's the age we're living right now. And we need to see more writers out there understanding that and doing whatever they can to challenge that. You know, to mock that in, in irony, to to uh, speak some common sense to it and not allow that becoming a controlling factor in our, in our lives. Because once we do, we don't get the information we should get. Well, guess what? Like anything else in life... You can't make an informed decision if some of the information has been restricted, which is the whole reason why people want to control free speech, why they want to curtail freedoms. And it should worry us as writers, because when people are willing to do this for ideas, they're going to eventually come for writers. I don't care what those ideas are. okay. There really isn't anything that precious out there, okay? Whether it's abortion, whether it's civil rights, where none of these things are that precious that they can't be questioned. Anything should be questioned on a regular basis. That's what the society is supposed to be doing. And when we can't do that any longer, or it becomes a problem, well... You're either going to self-censor yourself and you're just going to go along with the flow of whatever everybody's saying, whether it's you believe it's true or not, hoping for some new administration to come and save the day. Well, folks, our freedom doesn't come from politicians. It doesn't even come from the Constitution. I mean, it comes from, from, from the belief that we're supposed to be creatures born in the image of God and therefore being free anyway. But I think we've learned through the centuries as people, you know, especially as writers, that you know freedom is ultimately free. And that if you're not willing to stand up you could lose it. If you're not willing to fight you can lose it. And more importantly, if you're not willing to be able to stand out for something else, even if it's not your thing, well, you can have a problem too. I know you've heard the, the, the phrase before, and I don't even need to quote it. I just can paraphrase the, the situation because it was one of the things that happened in Germany. There was a lot of people that looked the other way when when Jews were taken away. They didn't take a big thing out of that, Because, you know, they, it it never occurred to them that they could all be killed. That the government was literally in an extermination program. It was just like, ah, yeah, they probably just think they're jerks and maybe they'll just deport them or something, no big deal. So they didn't stand up, they didn't say anything about it, it didn't seem that unusual to them. Even though, in many cases... The individuals being taken away weren't so foreign, so mysterious, and and so much a stranger that it wasn't a big deal. They often dealt with these people as neighbors. They often dealt with them in business. In many cases, they served in the military with them. So they knew the people who were being taken away. They still didn't say anything. And eventually down the line more and more people got taken away Protestant minister Catholic priest homosexual artist stage performer to the point where you were like sitting at home having a coffee and all you hear was and then it's like without even making a joke I, I guess they're here for me uh, yeah. Yeah, they are here for you because they already got everybody else and you didn't say anything about those people, so now they're there for you because there isn't too many people left to stand up for because you've done nothing. We don't want to get getting like that as writers. Especially in America. That's supposed to be the beacon for for freedom and, and hope for people around the world. I was in the military for for this country I still believe in those things but you know um, I'm not as happy as it used to be I, I, I sometimes I question us doing things on the international basis and until maybe we get our own house in order so it, it gets me more concerned this is not to say that we shouldn't stand up for things that are necessary to stand up on on the world stage don't get me wrong but it's difficult, in my opinion, to uh, call out a player uh, in, the, in the world on things that, in many instances, we haven't really solved ourselves here. So, And we can help solve some of those things here as, as, as writers by putting doubt that information, by, by reflecting upon what we're seeing. What we, it's not hard to do, folks. You just need to be able to decide what kind of individual you want to be, right? Because if you want to be another echo, it's not hard to do. Just turn on most of the newscasts, okay, and just jot down what they're saying. In fact, put three or four of them on simultaneously with different uh, screens and everything in your house, and you'll almost hear some of the same points being spoken about, literally word by word. On all these different networks. Almost like they're, they're sharing from the same same information. Like the same main script or something. It's it's frightening and, and quite frankly disappointing. Because that's not independent thought. This is what you're supposed to be as a writer and as an artist. Somebody's thinking for themselves. And you got to decide what you want to do. Because guess what? When you think for yourselves... And you're right. To make that connection, you know, you're going to reach people. And you're going to teach some people. And guess what? You're also going to anger people too. You know? You might gain some friends and you might lose some friends. People have to be prepared for that. And I think many instances when people write, they don't want to think about that. They don't want to care about that. So... That's when I get the the Bluebird poem or the, you know, short fiction story that, you know, I'm in the car my family, we're driving down the road, and that's literally the story. This is the kind of stuff that is not going to reach anybody, that makes no difference, that don't even know why someone would spend time doing that. So let us try to do something more than just a mundane just the stuff that we see out there already. Now, the next part here is what I call what the world sees. What does the world see on what is a writer? Well, I can tell you right now, the most reactions, particularly in a family, and many people can relate to this is, Oh my God! They're never gonna get a job. They're probably gonna live with me forever and eat my food, and I'm gonna keep having to pay for their bills. They see uh, instability. They see um, an idiotic choice. They see it's something that's maybe good for a kid but not for an adult, <laughs> which is, uh, in, in many ways, an incredible insult. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I want to be another another idiotic lawyer that chase ambulances. Okay, great. You're a wonderful kid. Uh. I want to be a novelist. Oh, you're, you're, you're practically an idiot. Get away from me. That's the kind of thinking you get in many families. I'm sorry to say, it's not too much different thing in, in, the, in society. For every for every place like France that praises writers, that people walk up to you and shake your hand and want to talk to you and everything, you're, you're going to have a, you know, thirty-five or forty other places that think you're crazy. That think that. Um, You're a failure in everything else in your life. That you must be an influence of alcohol or drugs. That you must be somebody that can't really relate to reality. Yeah. That's what a lot of the world sees. Usually a quite negative image. They don't really see a lot of, you know. I mean, we got some writers that are out there that... um, somebody might see, but, you know, it's like the James Patterson. It's just some, you know, an old dude doing some, you know, um, thriller type books or something, you know, just going about his business doing that. No one thinks anything of that. They'll see a Stephen King and he's probably a perfect example of of someone thinking that, you know, he's pretty weird and and unusual, but, you know, he he made it successful because Hollywood helped him out to promote the books. But, I don't really think you are going to see a lot of people saying, "Let me go speak to Stephen King." He could be interesting to speak to. So they still have that perception because most writers, even the ones we've known who put out great works, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and Daniel Hawthorne and Ernest Hemingway, you know, and they, the list can can go on and on. You know, they've had they've had tough lives. They've they've had all kinds of issues in their lives. And those issues, whether they were mental illness or alcoholism or divorce or just violence, like you know somebody like like Ernest Hemingway, always seeking that that thrill, that 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 violent thrill. Um, they figured you you, 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 you excewing anything else to be able to do this. and You almost live in the books and you're almost not really part of the regular world. Now I think for a moment or two when we are putting together our work and we're composing and imagining and, and accessing all of that, that's probably true. But it, when you're not, you're not really that individual that Someone expects so. As you can tell, you know, it's a it's a, a terrible a, a stereotype that doesn't have a whole lot of relation to the to the truth. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, I've known plenty of writers, and I really haven't found, you know, there's some kind of writing personality that you know turns me off and makes them strange. No, it's people that you know they have opinions, they see things, they. They can be skeptical and not skeptical of certain things. And because of this, you know, that makes them a little bit more informed and that makes them a wiser about things. Certainly makes them well-read about many things. And I don't know whether that causes people to be a little insecure about who they are or it makes them an easy target because maybe some people feel you can't talk to someone like that then, which doesn't make any sense, you know. There's plenty of things to talk about. If who's a writer, you don't have to talk about writing. Plenty of writers they know, know lots about sports and movies and fixing cars and, you know, trying to battle weeds in their, in their lawn. <laughs> it's an endless task, I tell you. Um, so it's it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless, you know, the world has already figured out that, hey, since I don't really know what they're doing, and because the unknown is frightening to most people, well, it's easier just to make it that they're out there, so I don't have to deal with them, you know. and I think that's what a lot of things are. You'll find that the very basis on people ridiculing something or somebody, whether it's a cultural group or a religion or a racial aspect of things or even a writer... Um, it's it's all about a fear of the unknown, and it's also about, you know, I don't want to get to know that person, because then maybe if I like him, I got to put down all that crap I've been saying about them, thinking about them these all these years. It's almost like people have an investment in hate, they don't want to let go. But I'll lose all that hate. My God, he's pretty regular. <laughs> For a lot of writers, though, They recognize this, and you know it's, you know, it can be a tough battle. I talk to writers all the time, and uh, you know, it's not easy. You know, if you find your family thinks you're a weirdo, or you know, folks don't want to talk with you about something like that. I know a lot of writers, and I'm one of them, uh, that. You know, of I'm amongst people that are not writing, it's not something I bring up. I'm not ashamed of it. It's not some dead deadly secret over here. I haven't put it in a closet somewhere. I just, I just know that it doesn't make any sense to talk about. You know, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still working on this uh, this German fiction novel about uh, mental illness and in the Cold War. I'm, where the hell are you going to kind of comment like that from? I mean, it, it just, there's a point where you, it, it just doesn't make any sense to even mention it. I just edited someone's poem and it was about Ukrainian war crimes. <laughs> you know? No. You got to go with the flow of whatever the hell people are talking about at that moment. You know? Sports or TV show or tackling the weeds in the lawn. I know it could sound boring and, and and mundane, but oftentimes it, it, I find it if people can feel that you can converse with them on the things that they already deal with in life, well, then they find out you're right, right or later on, they don't think they don't even really think you're, you're crazy or nothing. Then they're, they're going to say, "Hey, you sound like a regular guy to me," you know. That's really the best way to approach it. Not all writers do that, unfortunately, and they put themselves, unfortunately, in in positions that can make it a lot harder, and I'm not trying to be too critical about that, because you still have to do about what you think is best. If that's what you feel is the best foot to go forward is, you know, to talk about what you just wrote, just do that. You just need to understand that it's not always going to be a helpful uh, way to make contact with people. Most people don't understand. And I don't always think that us speaking about something is going to help somebody understand. You might be able to help someone understand about a topic that you're writing about, but you can have a conversation about that topic without even having to mentioning that you're writing about the topic. Which means that you could sound and, and do all the things in your conversation as a writer without even mentioning that you're a writer. Again, I'm not saying hide from it. You know, I'm not saying that be ashamed of it. I'm just saying that sometimes labels if people don't understand they might never understand so they might understand some of the information you're talking about it, though. sometimes you might even gain some more insight on some of the things you're thinking about or writing itself just by talking to people I think that's really one of the best ways to go about it I really do but is there a way to make the world better about the arts or creative things? Not really. Because the truth is, if we're willing to admit it, is we are a bit apart from other folks. We are. Most, most figures, folks have figured out their career or their job or whatever the hell they're doing to get by and, and they enjoy whatever they have to enjoy and that's it. They don't have any other thing in their life that's calling them like we are with creativity and writing. They don't hear the call. And I'm not talking about listening to voices at night or something, okay? I'm not just talking about you could feel that that muse, you could feel that that, that urge, that drive to do something like that because that's what it is for writers to do that. It's not something you're going to be able really to really describe to somebody for them to understand. And even if they can understand it intellectually, what are they going to do to pass it on to the next person? Yeah, he says that he has this drive and just makes him sit there and write and, you know. I think it's too difficult for people to to really grasp. And that's fine. Because I don't know if people understanding it makes things any easier. I don't know if making them understand it makes them more uh, more willing to buy a book <laughs> or to read something that you wrote. There's no real correlation to that. There really isn't. Sometimes people are willing to read something only because the topic itself is interesting, not because they care about anything else. So we have to live with that um, that mysterious. Or that we live under. We have to live with it because that's that's always going to be there. Some people have problems living with that. You know? I know plenty of writers that, you know, that, that frustrates and angers them. And then they have to now figure out a way to market that work when they don't want to even talk to people about it. Just want to put it out there and be done with it. Which you can do, but, you know, it limits it your, your, your scope of, of reaching people. And you know, whenever you limit your own voice, then you know you're hurting what you're trying to do anyway. But you know, we have to all make our choices about what we want to do. What is a writer? Well, those are some of the ideas that I had in mind about what a writer is. Definitely somebody that is trying to, in their own unique fashion, you know, communicate something to someone else. To get something out of ourselves that we feel is necessary to get out, so that people can can learn about. It's not always going to connect. It's not always going to even reach the level where it's art. Sometimes it's just, you know, decent writing pieces, but it's not exactly art. It's, it's going to happen too. I mean, but that's why you go back, and that's why we continue what we're doing to to reach to the to levels that we're gonna reach some people, and also something that we're going to feel a real measure of pride over. Because, you know, even in the 21st century, writing still does matter. Even when we live in this age of all of this TV and videos and movies, just because it, it's all splintered out into these different venues now it hasn't changed the fact that writing is necessary it's the heart of all of that if they don't have a script they're not getting anything done it Doesn't matter how much special effects they got how much money in their budget so you've seen stuff that's totally crap obviously they just hired a bunch of people just to get it over with you know and then others that you know really good writing that that does make a connection that, that reaches you. That, that's something that's, you know, that's honest. So it hasn't really, hasn't really changed in terms of the need of it. It's out there. It's necessary. And it makes the the, the biggest difference. I, I laughed, I laughed one day when I was uh, re-watching uh, something from Game of Thrones. And <laughs> the actress on the stage, <laughs> when she was talking to the young girl, and she was, uh, telling her, it's just the writing that sucks on this thing. Otherwise, I'd have a, a, a better chance of reaching the audience. <laughs> and the girl was telling her, who says you just can't alter that to make the story more interesting, so therefore you can get more out of your performance and maybe get something more out of the audience. <laughs> <clears throat> it, was a, it was a funny, interesting moment in a, in a strange and, and, and magnificent show, but I'm sure the writers are right now probably laughing about that, but uh, it's it's a great moment, and it's true. It's really all about that in the end. It really is. They say that some uh, performers, in this particular case, actors, can be so incredible that even if the script sucks, they can still make something out of it because of how good they are. And and I've seen I've seen some of that before, but it's still more rare than you realize. In the end, uh, a script can literally elevate somebody's acting a whole lot better than somebody's acting elevating a script. You know, because uh, once you get done with Al Pacino, you know, being bigger than usual and yelling and screaming and you know, just his usual shtick. You've seen it so many times before, it's like, okay, but what do you have to say? Well, not much because this script sucks. (laughs) So it still comes down to the writing. Are you saying something that is meaningful to people? And right now, there's not a lot being said. I watch shows, I, I keep abreast of what's going on, and I'm just surprised that um, we don't get any kind of real original content much anymore. We just don't get it. It's always another variation on the theme of the werewolf or the vampire or the alien or, you know, another sword and, you know, sandal episode. Everybody's trying to sound like some pseudo-Roman, you know. Or, you know, we're talking about racial justice and uh, and civil rights and, you know, and some space opera or something. We've seen all that already. That's called Star Trek. We don't think we need to have any more of that. We kind of get exactly what that's all about. But are we going to get something... That talks to us now about who we are at this moment. We we don't really have too much of that. It's going to come down to those writers that are willing to simply say, hey, this is what I think about this. and That's when they'll make a connection. You'll see something like that. You're not going to see, this is my prediction anyway, you're not going to see movies become gigantic. To an audience, because a, a big studio is behind them, you're going you're gonna to pretty much see movies come out of nowhere that that really make a big difference. I know right now with this Brendan Fraser movie, The Whale, about this 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 gay teacher, and i read a lot about it. I haven't got a chance to see it yet, but you know the reviews are, are pretty pretty impressive, and uh, you know from what he's trying to do, and that's something that's original and interesting. You know, versus the you know the usual you know another another mummy movie or you know another uh, another cop drama or another shoot 'em up thing I mean, we have see this countless times it's you can't even find anything new about it anymore really I, and I like those movies because I'm like anybody else I don't mind them but I, I put them in the the whole palette of all the stuff that I still want to watch I that's not like the only thing I watch. But I watched enough of them already to say, "Jeez, I'm not getting anything really new here. This is the same nonsense, just in a different uniform, in a different city, or a different gun, <laughs> different planet. But you know, same nonsense. We need more, and it comes down all these things we're talking about to the writing. And when it comes down to the writing, it comes down to." Are we gonna have a writer that's interested in thinking for themselves, interesting in having a voice instead of just copying whatever echo is out there? Because when we have that, that's when you that's when you set yourself apart, and that's when you actually bring writing to the level to where it, it does reach people and it does make a difference. I wish we had more of that. I kind of missed the Game of Thrones show that ended because, in many instances, that was some of the best writing out there. Not that last season when the show ended because i swear to god i think they all fell asleep and wanted to get it over with or something but there was plenty of episodes in the years before that that the writing was just astounding and uh you know the the, the breadth of the honesty and, and the candor and where they took where they took things you just didn't see that in shows before so it, it made it made it genuinely unique yeah it's really i really like seeing that you don't get to see that too often Or hear about that as much uh, too often. So, folks, let's work on being that kind of person and that kind of writer. I don't think it's that, in my opinion anyway, I don't think it's that revolutionary. I really don't think it's that controversial. You know, it's just people taking a stand. I don't want this to sound too harsh, but I've said it before. My deepest feelings is is that if you just want to copy whatever the, the, the in crowd is saying, then why be a writer then? What's the point? Because why would someone want to pay attention to the same stuff that they've already heard 20 times already? Why? They only take attention to stuff that m- they might not agree with or might kind of get their attention. or Maybe even that seems a little bit more provocative. Maybe that's the only way people are interested in looking at something. Hmm, okay, let me look at that. And I'm not saying that you need to write purposely provocative stuff in order to get someone to read it or have some attention to what you're doing. I'm not suggesting that, but I am, I am suggesting that you don't add anything to the, uh, you know, the investigation of, uh, of an issue or of life in general if you're just simply writing down the same stuff that everybody else is saying and doing. It's not only not creative, it's, You just don't go anywhere with it. And that I see more often than not. And since I'm an international journal, I see it from around the world. So, (laughs) you know, I can't just beat up my own country and say, oh my God, I wish we'd have more creativity in here. I I see it from all all the different places of the world. So it's not just America. You know, it's other people as well. I don't know if... People are timid and just want to go with something safe or what? I don't really know. Every so often, I get frustrated enough where I'll ask somebody. I mean, what were you thinking about this? I don't get it. I'm sure some of that's true, but I don't know how much it is true in terms of percentage or not. But you're not doing yourself or anybody else or anything for that matter, any good. Try to find things in yourself that you need to be able to talk about that's unique and interesting. There's plenty of things out there right now you could talk about that not talked about enough. And you could be writing about those. Is freedom of speech under attack in America in a, in a different fashion? Hmm? Do we need a third fourth and a fifth party? Should we have public financing from campaigns so as a way to try to eliminate corporations giving money and will that make a difference or not Is vaping no less dangerous than smoking cigarettes Is it, is the abortion debate always been about just people Having wedge issues, so they can continue complaining and, and use it for other means. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter to them. Because the way it's heading is the way it's always going to be heading. To where some states will have it, and some states, some states won't. Which means it's never going to be outlawed. It's never going to be illegal. It's always going to be available. It's just not going to be available in every place because some people don't want it. Fine. I don't know why that's supposed to be controversial. Those are the things we should be talking about, but the more practical things. We spend too much time on on things that don't really improve our lives very much, don't really help ourselves. What are we learning in school? What are these kids learning in school? That's going to be helpful. How is writing itself being promoted in the educational system? It's it's concerning. I've heard it already at least a couple of times this year where people are saying that the courses that are being taught for creative writing are, are more just about an established viewpoint and not to be too adventurous or not to be too candid or honest and, and more just about trying to fit into a, a capsule of what they think writing could be about. How the hell can you be saying in one breath, you need freedom to be able to write independently and creatively, and then the other breath saying, uh, yeah, but you only should write certain things, and you only should think in certain ways, and this style is better than that style, and, you know, etc., etc., That's what writing, in my opinion, folks, should always, always, always be about is making sure that we're putting down something that we ourselves believe in because it's in our own thought frame. It's in our own lives. It's something that we're independently thinking about. It's not something we're copying or saying to somebody to act cool or to sound cool. This way, that's how you have variety out there. That's how you have diversity out there. That's how you have your own voice, and how you you ultimately can make a difference. But you know, if you're going to have a government trying to dictate your opinion to you, or saying you should think this way versus that way or if you're gonna have a, a little college or university saying you should only write this way and you should not write about that or this or that. And that's not really that's not really freedom and that's certainly not something that would be considered independent. That's just something that you know, they're being self conscious about. And as writers and as people in general, you should always, always be suspicious of somebody that don't want you to do what you're doing. Well, wow, we don't want to upset this. We don't want to do it. Really, why is that? Hmm? What's so wonderful about the status quo that I can't have a question? Hmm? We need to have these questions because that's what writers are all about. That's why they don't like us as much as they like other people. That's why sometimes being a writer can be dangerous in the world. We've seen it through history because we have questions, because we put questions into people's heads. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's who we are as writers. And when you stop becoming that kind of a person, you stop becoming a writer. You just have to take that to heart and understand that. Because everything is, is worth questioning. You should question religion. It doesn't mean that you do it in some kind of blasphemous manner. It doesn't mean you do it in some kind of terribly disrespectful manner. But it does deserve questions. No different than government or anything else. And if someone says you can't question that, well then, right there, they should be telling you something. Really? Because if your manner of thinking meaning the person I'm going to question can't withstand a couple of questions, well, then there must be something wrong with it already then. Because she should be able to say that. You know, I have my own my own version of, of religious faith. And I'm not interested in sharing it on the show. I never do. But I can tell you one thing. If I had a private conversation with somebody and somebody asked me questions, I wouldn't be interested in getting defensive with everything. i just simply share this is what I think. And that's that. Oh, but I don't think about this, and well, that's cool. But this is how I go about it, and I'm happy with that. That's it. If you're comfortable about your position, there shouldn't be a problem when somebody is questioning something. And that's why writing can be so powerful. And so, thought provoking, and in many instances, so I, I feel soul-bearing because bearing your soul in this day and age, that's become relatively soulless, is itself, you know, a, a controversial act. That's the kind of world we've been continuing to to live in over here. I'm not trying to make a joke here, but you know, I've remarked a number of times to myself personally that why am I living in a world where the terrorists who kill people sound more religious than the religious people? Well, because they're extreme, Mark. Well, it, it, that's a, that's a quaint, cute answer, but is there more to it than that? And that don't mean that. By questioning this, that there's something good about blowing up a ch- children in a school bus because there isn't, there's no good reason for that under the sun. But to understand the motivation behind that, what's driving that, what's going on, how can a mainstream church barely get people into the church, but these other folks can have no problem rallying individuals to shoot, blow up, kill and everything else. We have to wonder about that. We have to question that. We have to understand the kind of world we live in if we're going to be the best writers we can. And believe it or not, having that information and thinking about that now and then, It's still healthy, even if you're not interested in those topics, even if you don't write about that. Well, Mark, I don't really think about that stuff because I don't write about terrorism. Really? So, you never deal with good and evil. hmm? You never deal with making choices that are difficult versus ones that are not. We do all the time. It's not hard to figure this out. And that's really how you have to view it. Because otherwise, you become, in your own self, disconnected from what's going on with reality. And I don't mean as a writer, I mean just as a person. I can't tell you how, when I used to work in the office, and thank God I don't do that anymore. For years now. But, uh, and I don't miss it, but uh, people would tell me, you know, I'm not really a political person. And the way they operate in the office, and everything about what they do in the office is political well, I, I have to do that. You don't have to do anything. It's a, a topic that we can have endless information from is the behavior of people. I wrote a couple of pieces in the past where I mentioned the people that if you gathered all of the evil dictators and, and evil, let's say, serial killers and, and murderers and put them all together, you could barely fill the football stadium. So how is it possible that, I don't know, 50 60,000 people out of, let's say, 7 billion can make this world so crappy? Well, if you do the math, and it's not hard to do, it means that we spend too much time blaming stuff on evil people when it's the average person, average people like me and you, that are responsible for the way the world works, why the world is unfair, why the world can be crappy, why, why a lot of decisions are made because of us. Not because of terrorists or serial killers or dictators. They have actually a smaller sway than you realize. And even when they have... Some motivation, they have people, average people, helping them to do this stuff. They're not doing it by them by themselves. So, most of the bad, and I dare say evil, that's generated in the world come from average people. Possibly the person next to you at the subway. Maybe even yourself. Definitely people working in your office. who want to talk about, after work, how much they love God, but during work, they're stabbing everybody in the back five different times and telling themselves privately, it's for my family. They have some good writing right there, okay? Write about that kind of behavior, that kind of nonsense, because I'm so happy I'm, a, I'm a apart from it, because I used to call it out, not just in writing, but in, in person. I'm like... I don't want to hear that stuff because apparently you don't see yourself the way the way I'm seeing this. You shouldn't act any damn differently, in my opinion, because I never did, in the office, in the church, outside, in your family. You should be the same person. You shouldn't be three and four different people. And if you are, it's no wonder why so many people have depression and have all these dysfunctional problems and have all these crappy marriages and all these addictions because they don't even know who the hell they are half the times. Oh, i got to be uh, that person over there. No, you don't. So if people choose that, and this causes them to have so many problems. Why so many people can have big houses and big jobs, spend money on big dinners, but they're still big unhappy. Unhappy people. All that crap that they were working for, what do it do for them in the end? It's, they're they're freaking miserable. Now, I'm still a capitalist here, folks, so I'm not telling you that there's a whole lot of nobility and poverty because there isn't, okay? But there sure isn't any great freedom or release from being well off if, in the end, you're not being who you're supposed to be. You hear this from people all the time when they get divorced. I got lost in the marriage. Really? How the hell that happened? Well, I'll tell you how it happens, because it happens the same way all the time. Because folks don't establish a date night, because people don't establish that their relationship has some boundaries, even within the family. They let everything run rush and then they wonder one day they wake up and go, "What the hell? I'm, I'm the I'm the pencil and sex." with my wife on, on a calendar over here because I'm doing this thing and this charity thing and this family thing this other thing this job thing bla thing But you forgot the marriage thing. <laughs> That's why some of them fall apart. Spending so much time keeping up with the Joneses and so much time being fake about stuff that you wonder why people are miserable. So, that's my advice to you as writers and as people, okay? Be who you are everywhere. Don't be different. Don't be fake. That's just a bunch of crap. I'm not suggesting that you need to be dead honest on every damn detail with everybody you meet all the time or you're some kind of a liar. Obviously, that's not practical. It's not even wise. But you don't have to be lying to anybody. You don't have to tell somebody, yeah, yeah my day kind of sucks because you know my dog died last week, and you know I hurt my leg falling down from mopping the floor, and my drive, my wife's driving me nuts about the next year's vacation. No, <laughs> it can be just simply as simple as, hey, hey, anyway, I've had some better days, you know. Yeah, okay, I understand. There you go. You're still telling the truth, but you don't have to give every damn detail in the world either. But you don't have to lie. Hey, everything's great, man. That couldn't be any better. Yeah, okay. You know, a lot of that kind of crap. That stuff doesn't help anybody. Because when people, and this is what your job is as a writer, when people do this kind of stuff, all they're doing is putting lies and fake stuff out there all the time. So when they're doing that, you know what that's happening? Nobody is connecting with each other. Nobody's really communicating with each other, because they're all busy telling some damn story. He's not really my neighbor. He's my competitor. Could be possibly enemy one day. That's how people think, when they don't have to think that way. So when people are not doing that, they feel locked up inside. And remember, a lot, of, a lot of times these relationships, they don't have to necessarily be a marriage. It could just be a relationship in itself. A dating thing or engaged thing or maybe just a family thing between a cousin and a nephew or something like that. They're not being honest. So eventually that, that, that boils over because you're still doing the same thing over and over again. Nothing gets accomplished. You probably know people in your family like this Right now as we're speaking. I know I have some. And I'm probably like the most unpopular person with them. Because I absolutely refuse to be that fake individual. Don't want to do it. Don't care. Don't have the energy for it. I'm not worried about it. Oh, you don't like me and don't want to talk to me too much? Okay, it's cool. Guess what? We're still related and we're still going to be stuck in dysfunction. You know, once or twice a year or whatever. So, oh well. You, all you can do is laugh about it, but there's no point being fake with somebody for what reason. Won't do it. Hell, I was in politics earlier in my life, and I found more honesty there. I was found as an incredible irony, you know. I thought everybody was supposed to be liars and fakes, you know. I, I found that people were refreshingly candid about things. <laughs> it's, it's It's amazing. All right, folks, uh, hopefully that helps you a little bit more on what it is to be a writer. Some of the things we talked about here and we kind of went over with, I've talked about it briefly in other parts of the shows, is about finding your voice, not being part of another echo or or whatever the in crowd is saying, because that's how you're going to be creative. That's how you're ultimately going to make a connection with yourself to get what you want to get out and maybe possibly make a connection with somebody else. A lot of times, especially more now than ever before, you know, being a writer is about having a sense of discipline in a world that's not always very disciplined. It's about having management of your time. Because many many of us are going to have a full time job. We got families, we got this going on, that going on, going to school and and, and doing this. So you got to be able to manage and find the time. And it's not an easy thing, but it's what's necessary to get that done. And of course, in the end, to me, writing is a lot about having some character. And I'm sorry to say that, you know, I'm living in, a, in an age where we're shooting up rockets in, into space, and they land now and then can be reused again, almost like science fiction come to life. Yet I still see and am around and talk to people who. They don't have much character. It's not even on their agenda. They don't care. It's not a big thing for them. But it should be a big thing for you. Because you can't communicate to people. You can't express anything to anybody if you don't have your own sense of who you are, what you're trying to do, the work that's necessary to get that out there. And what it is to be a writer, They have some some pride in doing something artistic, Something that other people can't do. I'm not the biggest fan of Stephen King, but I can tell you when Stephen King says, you know, and I'll paraphrase it, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there, but the only thing that's going to separate you is, you know, is your work ethic. And he said it in a more snappy way, and that's fine. I can't even remember his exact words, but I remember what, what 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 the real thought was behind him, and he's right there's a lot of talented people out there. A lot of them don't make it, not because the world doesn't care, not because the world is so unfair, it's because they don't have the work ethic. We have a a society now more than ever before yeah, you know, are people come and graduate college, and you know, and and they're frustrated six months later because they're not the CEO of a company. You know, in six months, everybody wants everything right now. You know, or they write a novel, spend some time making it good, and then you know, a year from now they just can't get anybody interested in it, so they give up and out oh, the hell with it. And, you know, and then now they become an accountant or something. Yeah, that was a dream. So, there are plenty of people out there like that. The only thing that's going to separate you is, is what you're willing to put into it and how far you're willing to go with it. It's just that really simple. It's not that, in my opinion, too much different than anything else, really, in terms of success. It's really about application and really about character and about time management and about Having some belief in what you're doing, even when not everybody else can understand it, and now we spend a lot of time trying to promote writing and try to help people and, and kind of give them a little nudge or a little bit of encouragement, because that doesn't really happen very often, unfortunately. But in the end, you know, you are alone doing it out there for the most part, and if you can't find that, and you're not going to be able to make to make it anyway, because it's a it's an, an extraordinarily different field. You know, it's not like you're going to be able to telephone, you know, some other writer and they're going to tell you, you know, some incredible wisdom and tips that's going to help you. Sometimes you don't have that kind of contact. Some people don't want to even do that. It's kind of different than being an engineer or a fireman or a cop or something where you might actually be able to talk to somebody. So, in many ways, the solitude that you need to create stuff. Kind of makes it a lonely craft and a lonely profession, so to speak, and that's just that's just the way that is. You know, I always encourage people to reach out whenever they can, and I got no problem with that. But it can be that way, and that that description sometimes really turns people off. I heard somebody tell me a couple of times, "Mark, that's kind of bleak." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure it can be at times," but you know. I'm not interested in being dishonest with you. It's because I love writing so much, I'm just going to lie to you. It's great, man. Just keep up with it and it'll work out. I think it's great. I do love writing. Hell, if I know if it's going to work out for you. I only know if it's worked out for me. i love all I've done. I'm happy with the stuff I've done. And I continue to do more. See how it goes. i put my entire life into it. Don't feel like any kind of a failure. And I don't feel I'm ever going to quit. Not because I'm chasing some kind of strange dream. Or, but if you learn to manage your expectations, you know you can go for the long haul. But if you want to be like everybody else, you know, I'm going to give it some kind of time limit. Yeah, if I can't get this done in two years, the hell with it. All right, well, great. I guess all the rest of us can wait for the two years to get over with and That's one less person we have to worry about now because you just dropped out. Because that's really what it comes down to. I mentioned this before, before I end this show, and I mention it again. The reason why God makes ten violinists out there in the world is because even God understands that humans just won't follow through. So, for every... Incredible violinists that you see that finally went out there and did something and, and made a career out of for themselves there's probably nine of them that were just as good that they gave up because they couldn't get what they wanted out of it or they were willing, willing, willing to put the extra work in or weren't able to, to make the sacrifices in terms of family contact or or romantic relationships or maybe even money that's why so many are made out there I'm sure the same thing is with writers, too. That's what Stephen King really is talking about in the end. There isn't a lack of talent out there, and there isn't a lack of information out there, and there really isn't a lack of opportunity out there in terms of people who want to keep at it and and they can get better and better and, and, and go from there. It's harder to get published now than ever before. It's more competitive and more people out there trying to do it and there's less publishing houses. So, you know, the mathematics are not always in your your favor. But it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It just means that it's not going to happen if you give up. Definitely means it's not going to happen if uh, you don't want to make it a, a real priority in your life. That's not an easy thing to do, I know. I've been tackling that my my entire life. And I'll probably do it right up until the day you know, that I'm gone. But being a writer is the only thing I've ever felt comfortable about, the only thing I've ever really loved in terms of doing in the world. So that's never going to stop for me. I hope it doesn't stop for you. And I hope you don't stop questioning things, and including yourself, on what you want to do. You know, and for some people, it might not be for them, and that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think you're a, you're a failure if you just stop writing and saying, "I don't think really I can go go forward with this. It's just not gonna do what I want it to do." That's fine. It's all about what you're expecting from it, and you know what you're willing to put into it. But for those of us that want to stay the course all you have to do is stay the course and if you want to stay the course in my opinion you got to stay relevant and the only way to be relevant as a writer especially in this day and age is to have your own thoughts have your own voice make sure it's stamped with who you are Not who somebody else is. This way, there's no way you can get lost. And there's no way, in my opinion, that you fail. Because if you're willing to do that, it's going to eventually ring through. Alright folks, until next time, this is Mark Anthony Rossi. Strength to be human, what it is to be a writer. God bless and good night. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.